Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. It's good to be here and have the opportunity to share with you. You know, uh, my wife and I, with Harvest Prayer Ministries, have been traveling all over the nation for the last 28 years and been in hundreds and hundreds of churches teaching on prayer. I've yet to run into anyone who said, no thanks, I've already got it. I'm already praying as good as I want to pray. All my prayers are being answered. Uh, no, thank you. I, I, don't, I don't need any more. I, I find exactly the opposite. Everywhere I go, people say, I would like to pray better. I'd like to pray more. I'd like to see things happen when I pray. And I got to tell you, I'm right there with them. Uh, I'm still growing and learning in this. There's a lot of things that I still want to learn and grow in in prayer in my own life. Let me tell you where I believe you can go to get the finest teaching ever on prayer. It's not a commercial. (laughs) It's Jesus. Jesus is absolutely the best one to teach you on prayer. You may not have considered this, but get this. Jesus is the only one who gets prayer from both sides. Okay, think about it. Uh, Orthodox Christian belief, what we believe biblically, is that Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. He is both completely. And so that means over here as fully man, he prays to the Father. That's a part of his life. You just see it over and over again. I love that Mark chapter 1 passage where it says very early in the morning while it's still dark, Jesus got up and went out and in a solitary place and prayed. That was his lifestyle. That's what he did over and over again as his life. He was a man of prayer. He understands what it means to passionately pray. But get this over here. He's fully God. He hears our prayers. We end up praying to Jesus, as you see in the book of Acts, on three different occasions. He receives our prayers. So if there's anybody who's going to be able to teach us on prayer... It's Jesus. He gets it from both sides. And when you look at the teachings of Jesus, he again and again refers to prayer and teaches us some wonderful things about prayer. But the, the greatest teaching of Jesus on prayer is his best-known teaching on anything. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Now, relax, I'm actually not teaching on the Lord's Prayer. It's a little section of it. But the Lord's Prayer has been used for centuries by the church. We typically recite it, don't we? We'll, we'll stand and we'll, we'll recite this. But I find that a lot of Christians don't pray the Lord's Prayer. They haven't really dug into this because Jesus actually gives us not something to recite, but gives us, if you will, an outline. Here, pray this way. And what we're going to do today is to look at the Lord's Prayer and one particular point of it. Now, the Lord's Prayer is given twice in Scripture. The first time was on uh, a mountain somewhere around the Sea of Galilee. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. In the midst of lots of other teachings, Jesus inserted this teaching for the very first time that we call the Lord's Prayer. Then sometime later, it may have been months, it could have been as long as a year later, the disciples came to Jesus 
and they ask him to teach them to pray. You see, they had spent enough time with him now to really understand Jesus got prayer. He prayed like nobody's ever prayed before, and they want to learn how to pray the way Jesus prayed. Now, you understand, of course, that Jesus said lots of things that aren't in Scripture. That, that's what John said at the end of the gospel. He said, now, the whole world couldn't contain all of the, the things that Jesus said and did. So I, I feel a little free sometimes to insert a few things. I, at least it allows me to wonder, to have some imagination. I wonder, when the disciples came to Jesus that second time and said, Lord, teach us to pray, do you wonder whether or not the Lord looked at them and said, what? Weren't you guys listening when I told you this the first time? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again, but this time I want you to take notes. Matthew, Matthew, I, I know you're going to write this down someday. Why don't you be the one to make sure you take down the notes because I'm going to say this again. And he gave again what we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer really focuses on the life and message of Jesus himself. It's all about the king talking about his kingdom. I want you to look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. It's a passage that you all know. Jesus said, here's how we ought to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My perspective on prayer after spending pretty much a lifetime teaching on prayer is, is this. It's sitting down and talking to the king about his kingdom. That may be a little different perspective for you, but ultimately prayer is sitting down and talking to the king about his kingdom. And Jesus teaches us to pray his kingdom. That shouldn't surprise us because Jesus' major message, his life message, was that the kingdom of God is at hand. Everywhere he went, he proclaimed the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's here. It's now. It's in your midst. I love the fact that Jesus kept talking about the kingdom as a current thing. It's right there. It's in their midst. It's in their life. See, our problem sometimes when we look at the Lord's Prayer and it says, your kingdom come, your will be done, and our minds, if we're not careful, automatically go to the second coming of Jesus. Okay, I'm all about the second coming of Jesus, but that isn't what this is about. Oh, someday the kingdom will come in a powerful way at the coming of Jesus, but Jesus wants us to pray the kingdom now in our lives today. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about God's rule in my life and in your life. It's about the reign of God being accomplished, his will being done in my life, in my family, in my church, in my city, in my nation. It's a desperate, desperate need in our world today for the church to wake up and rediscover the rule of God, the kingdom of God in our lives. And it happens when we pray the way Jesus 
teaches us to pray. It's his message, and he calls his followers to pray his message. That makes sense, doesn't it? That that's what we would do. We would be those who go, oh, I love the message of Jesus, and yes, I'm definitely going to pray that message as a part of everything that I do. It's, it was his main message, and it still is today the rule of God in people's lives everywhere. The way he phrased it was, I want you to pray for the kingdom of God to come, which means that God's will would be done here on earth, in my life. And you see, that's the way Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed continually about the will of the Father, even at the very end of his physical life on earth. You find Jesus praying, not my will, but yours be done. I've gone a number of times to the Garden of Gethsemane in Jerusalem. It's an awesome place. It's one of my favorite places on the whole planet. There are there are olive trees there that, that were just shoots when Jesus was there. They're literally 2,000 years old. There's this massive rock that traditionally tells us that Jesus knelt by that rock when he prayed, when he, when he struggled with what was ahead for him. And the human side of him said, I, I don't want to face this. Father, is there, is there any other way? Oh, But Lord, not my will. Yours be done. See, that's how Jesus prayed. And that's how he teaches us to pray. To pray for the reign, the rule of God in our lives, which is to submit our lives, our will to him in everything. The Lord's prayer is all about Jesus, about his life, about the way he prayed about his message. Now, what is really cool for me is that Jesus shows us how to do this. Now, I want to tell you, I think that most people miss this. The reason we miss it is we tend to look at the Lord's Prayer as something we recite, right? You know, let's, let's, let's stand and recite the Lord's Prayer together. And so we don't really pray it. We just recite it. Because if we were really praying it, we would dig in a bit and begin to ask some questions. And Jesus shows us something that I I love. He wants us to pray for the kingdom of God to come, for his will to be done in our lives, and he shows us how. On earth, as it is in heaven. See, that's, that's the how to do this. To pray that what's going on in heaven would happen here on earth. See, that's the current contemporary now part of this. Yes, someday Jesus is coming back, set up his kingdom on earth. That, that's great. But he's talking about right now. That's what I love about the way te- Jesus teaches us. For every age, for every time, he wants us to pray, what's going on in heaven should happen here on earth. Now, I've not been to heaven. At my age, I'm getting more interested in heaven, you know, and what's going on there. But I don't know exactly, aside from what the Word of God says. And the Word of God gives us some great understanding of what it means to pray on earth as it is in heaven. 
You see, when we pray that way, we're basically praying that to understand the kingdom to happen here on earth is to spend enough time with the king to know what's in his heart. To be able to understand the king's desires. It's spending time in his word. He's the one who is called the word of God. And we spend time with the king who is the word to get to know his heart and his desires and his purposes. And we begin to pray that into being. When we pray the way Jesus teaches us to pray, we will see astonishing things happen. See, that's why Jesus gave us such astonishing promises regarding prayer. Now, I have to be honest with you. As a young believer, when I would read the promises of Jesus regarding prayer, and don't get upset at me here, but I always kind of thought that maybe he exaggerated. Now, I, I know better now. I know that Jesus never, ever exaggerates, but it was so hard to hear those things. For instance, in the Gospel of John, between chapters 13 and 16, you will find Jesus repeat himself five times about prayer. Five times Jesus says something like this, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And I would, I would hear that and I'm going, that didn't work. Well, why would I say it doesn't work? Because <laughs> I tried it and it doesn't work. Come on, church, is that right? You prayed lots of things and, and you didn't get what you, what you asked for and so we come back to that passage and we go, I know Jesus knows what he's talking about. I know he doesn't exaggerate, so it just must be me. I just don't get it. I don't understand what he's talking about. I mean, listen to this passage. In John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My friends, that's absolutely true. If we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. See, for too long, my, my prayer life was basically trying to figure out how to, how to get God to give me what I wanted. Come on, anybody else? You know, that's typically what we try to do. We, we take classes on prayer so that we can get good at this so we'll get what we want from God. <clears throat> the Bible never teaches us prayer that way. And the words of Jesus are never about that. If, if my words remain in you and you remain in me, there's something here, there's a connection that might be missing in our lives that we've got to plug in if we're going to be able to pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. You see, the key to Jesus' sinless life, his perfect life, and the way that he prayed with astonishing accuracy is that he totally submitted his life to the will of the Father. Everything that he did was from the Father. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8, Verse 28, he said, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. So everything he did, he laid it down before the Father, and he focused completely on what God wanted, 
And so when it came to prayer, he's able to teach us and to say to us, now, if, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you're going to be able to ask whatever you desire because what you desire is what I desire. And that is the key to seeing answered prayer. It's praying, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven. Heaven where every angel delights in worship. Where every angel serves God with a whole heart, passionately serving. Where the will of the Father is done perfectly. And we look at that and we say, that's what I want here. That's what I want in my own life. That's what I want in my family. That's what I want in this church. That's what I want in this city. And yes, yes, even in this nation, that's what I want to see. I want to see the rule of God where the will of the Father is done. And you can pray this way. You can pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. See, what that's going to mean is we're going to pray for salvation. Because the king wants that. We're going to pray for spiritual awakening and strengthening of the church. Because the king desires that. We're going to pray for truth to triumph. Because that's what the king wants. We're going to pray for righteousness to reign. Because that's the desire of the king. We're going to pray for holiness in all things because the king desires it. And above all, we're going to pray for Christ to be exalted above everyone and everything because that's the desire of the king. We can pray this way. We can pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done. How? Here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I want, to, I want to say something to you that I hope will shift something in the way you pray. And it's this. I want you to remember that Jesus never, ever gave out religious fluff. You know what I mean, fluff? Fluff appears to have substance but there's nothing really there. You touch it, it falls apart. There's nothing really there. Jesus never, ever gave religious fluff. That's one of the reasons he got in trouble. He, he said things that didn't sound religious. He just spoke truth, sometimes stark truth to people, and it offended them. No fluff. Let me give you the illustration, because I think, I'm sorry, but I think we're all good at fluff. I think we're good at sounding religious sometimes when there's nothing really there. Here's my favorite illustration. And I use this because if I'm not careful, I can fall into this too. Here's how we, we pray sometimes. Oh God, please be with us. Be with us? Well, what is the omnipresent God supposed to do with a prayer like that? 
Do you suppose that sometimes when we pray things like that, that sounds so good, that the Father and the Son have a conversation and look at each other and go, what does he want us to do? I don't know. You You see, he's already here. He's already present, but but see, it sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, I've I've, I've found myself saying it. And then I have to apologize to the Lord and, and to myself. You know, what are you talking about? Now, let me show you something. This is a little side issue. <clears throat> let me show you how to pray that. The way to pray that isn't to ask the omnipresent God who's already here to show up since he's already here. But you could pray it this way. Oh, God, would you make me aware of your presence? Because, uh, you see, I can walk in unawareness a lot of the times. I can be very unaware of his presence. So let's pray accurately. You see, that's what Jesus was so good at, at what he said and what he prayed was clear, it was direct, it was not religious sounding, there was no fluff. Let me show you what that means. When Jesus taught you and me to pray, your kingdom come, That means that the kingdom will not come until believers begin to agree with God that it must come. You see, this is life-changing prayer, folks. This is not just nice religious-sounding words that we recite every now and then. It is the king talking about his kingdom to his followers, and he's saying, I need you to begin praying for the rule of God to come in your lives. Because it's not going to come until you pray it into being. And to the degree that believers agree with God over his heart and over his purposes and his rule in our lives, that is the degree that we'll see the reign of God come in our lives. You and I, our kingdom people who follow the king. And we begin to pray his kingdom, his rule in our lives. It's got to be a part of every day, friends. It's got to be a part of our lives, of what we pray for. If you're a follower of the king, you've got to pray about the kingdom. It isn't that other things are unimportant, but you've got to get the kingdom right. It's pure power given into your hands and mine. Now, what we call the Lord's Prayer has other things in it. And those things are not unimportant, but you've got to get the kingdom right first. You know, there are a lot of things that you and I pray for, and they seem to be small. And it's okay to ask for them. You can virtually ask for anything. But you've got to start with the kingdom. If, if you look at, the, at the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, it's like you, you move upwards towards a peak, which is about the kingdom, and then you move back down, and there's other things here that you, you begin to pray about. When we learn from Jesus about prayer, we will find ourselves sitting with the king, talking about the kingdom, 
and learning how to pray. We learn what's on his heart. We learn what's important to him. We begin to pray his purposes and his desires. And the other things we begin to add in. I think it's fascinating <clears throat> that when you look at the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus up here in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 10, teaches <clears throat> about the kingdom. And 23 verses later, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus puts that together for us. I love the way this works out. Because what Jesus does is teaches us. After he's done talking about prayer, he says, now I want you to seek first his kingdom. Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness. And then what? And then these other things will be given to you. They'll be, they'll be added to you. It isn't that the other things are unimportant. But friends, that's what we've typically been focusing on in prayer. We've been focusing on the other things. They're good things. They're important. We have permission to pray for them. But we've got to not turn this thing on its head. We've got to start off, as Jesus teaches us, praying for the kingdom, for his rule, his reign in your life, in your family, in this church, in this city, in this nation, and literally around the globe. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you and I are given not just permission, but I would say orders from the king to pray it into being. You can do this. It'll be fun to watch and see what happens this week. As you sit with the king and talk about his kingdom and begin to pray in a whole different way. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us this gift of prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you have come to dwell in us through your spirit and that we now get to simply talk with you, our king, about what's on your heart, about the desires that you have, the purposes that you have for, for our lives, for, for this congregation. Lord, I ask you that this week would be an astonishing week of intimacy with you as we get to hear your heart and as we learn from you how to pray. We, we like the disciples 2,000 years ago, come to you again today and say, Lord, teach us to pray.